Hot damn, another throwback episode? Why not? I mean, we got them. You want to listen to them? Welcome to Monsters of the Midwest. kicking off March Madness with the history of hysteria. Welcome to the Dramatic Illusion Podcast. We are your hosts, Lorraine. And I'm Amanda. And we are talking about the history of hysteria. We're kicking off March Madness with some actual madness. I hope you're I hope you're ready for this because it is wild <laughs> doing this time research. To, I was time to go for a ride. Oh yeah. I'm just gonna jump right into it because I don't know how else to start it, but just diving in. Best way possible. Yeah, I'm sure uh, you've heard people call you hysterical. You're being hysterical. And we're gonna we're just gonna talk about where it came from, and it's it's an eye opener. It's an eye opener. So, where did it come from? All right, hysteria was considered an illness for many many centuries before it was just used to describe someone acting a fool. And there, and there was two approaches to diagnosing this illness. Is what they they put the umbrella, you know, illness. It was scientific, and the more interesting way is the demonological way, which is, if anybody doesn't know what that means, it's demonology is the study of demons, beliefs about demons, and their hierarchy. <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds like a party. Yeah, so a long, long, long time ago... This was only considered a women's illness, not because she's freaking out and going absolutely nuts on you for not doing the dishes, but it's because for as long as back when the ancient Egyptians even, they, um, they first recorded hysteria. They didn't call it hysteria. But here, here's their diagnosis, okay? This, this is why women freak the fuck out. Because their uterus was moving wildly throughout their body. Oh, like... <laughs> it's just taking the joyride. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, that's right. Yeah. A free-floating uterus. It, it caused extreme irritability and madness... Uh, the symptoms of hysteria back in ancient Egypt were um, tonic-clonic seizures, sense of suffocation, and eventually they just die. And uh, uh, I don't know oh. about you guys, but that that sounds like epilepsy, a panic attack, or, or epilepsy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's the fantastic cure for a moving around uterus. All right, strap that bitch if- down. <laughs> <laughs> right, get some duct tape. Right. Is there a special belt, a purse to keep it in? I mean, I don't know. Right. If the uterus moves upward in the body, 
place unpleasant smelling items at the nose and mouth and pleasant smelling items down by the vagina to coax the uterus back into position. If the uterus is moving in the opposite direction, just flip flop the smells. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I'm. Yeah. So, so the higher the the uterus doesn't mean the like the closer to Jesus. That isn't the way that <laughs> they want to keep that no. shit down or what? Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So if if your uterus is moving closer to your head. I mean, I couldn't believe it. When I read that, I said, you got to be joking. Oh, (laughs) I'm all right. (laughs) (laughs) So unlike the Egyptians, the Greeks believed that it was just a mental illness. Um, A lot of people do still just saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So here, here's the deal. The Greeks believed that virgins and people who were abstinent had hysteria because their uterus was sad. Their uterus, they had melancholy of the uterus, okay? Uh, (laughs) Baby fever, maybe? Hormones? So here's the story that that I gathered. Uh, There were virgins who did not want to do the dance with no pants, so they fled to the mountains to hide. Uh, Someone would go round them up to cure them from the illness, and the Greek solution to this was give them halbear and persuade them to have sex with strong young men, and presto changeo, they're cured from their illness. Just a just a <clears throat> solid dose of statutory rape. No big deal. No big deal. Yes. Strong enough to hold you down, right? Yeah. So so Halbor is a hallucinogen that basically puts you in a stupor. Oh. So they drug they drug roofies. these virgins. <laughs> and then so there was another there was a guy. Uh his name was Maynad, and they would have what the Greeks were called the Maynad experience. So what is that? It's orgies. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, cute. It's basically what cute. it is. So uh, the ones that you see in the movies where they're all anointed in wine and their finest vestments and they have, you know, feeding grapes and oil and baths and everyone's doing the dance with no pants. That's exactly what that is. That's a real thing that the Greeks used to do to cure hysteria or cure melancholy of the uterus. Oh yeah. Well, that that just ruins, you know, a lot of ancient art for most people, I'm sure. (laughs) Right. So, um, so Pluto, I don't know if you guys know who that is, but Pluto, he said, the uterus is sad and unfortunate when it does not join with the male. Yeah. Well, I I mean, when I don't get my packages from Amazon, I get pretty pissed off, too. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, not that kind of mail, huh? Not that kind of mail. Not not that mail. Right. Uh, Hippocrates is the person who coined the actual term hysteria. And him and Aristotle both agreed with Pluto and 
they, you know, they're out to find some strapping young gents to basically get ladies drugged and sexed up to cure them from their illness. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't right, even know how to right. comment on some of this. This is interesting. I It's so bizarre. Like, uh, what do you do? How, how do you cure someone flying off the handle? I mean, I would be, I would be hysterical too. If this is what the only options I mean, I'd be running for the mountains and the hills and hiding, becoming a recluse. This is this, this type of, actually this makes sense of like, uh, the chain of events, like, um, like early authors, like Emily Dickinson and all those things, you know, I mean, obviously coming, uh, coming into more information later, a lot of them were, um, like homosexual women, but, they all got called recluses and like all the intelligent women usually got called recluse because they, they went and they stayed home and, and didn't hang out with men. Well, would you want to hang out with them when they're doing shit like this? Cause I wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> right. No, no kidding. I, I just want my own house in the Hills and everybody else can stay away. I, I get it. Maybe it wasn't, yes. maybe it was common for a, a different reason, you know? Mm-hmm. And af- after the Greeks tried to solve this, you know, mis- mystery illness here. The Romans wanted to take a wild stab at it also. So they took another approach. Uh, give a lady halbor, mint, lo- oh, oh gosh, how do you pronounce that? Ladinum, I think is how you pronounce it. Close enough. Belladonna, which we know, oh, what, yeah. we know what that is. Uh, valerian and more so these are hallucinogens painkillers and sedatives so basically turning this bitch into a damn zombie so she don't freak out no more all right which is scary right yeah it's terrifying yeah right so um after all that uh a man by the name of soranus who is considered to be the founder of scientific genealogy and obstetrics said that women's disorders arise from the toils of procreation. He suggested the cure is abstaining and some treatments of the hysterical body include hot baths, massages, and exercise. And I know that this man knows what he's talking about. Listen to this. He was born in the year 98. (laughs) And he died in the year 200. So he, he lived a, a was, long life. Yeah, it, right. Yeah, no kidding. So he was, uh, according to this, he was over a hundred. But it seems like he had his stuff together. So, yeah, yeah not n- no no drugging and all this other crazy nonsense and putting smells to coax the uterus back into position. <laughs> Jeez. So this, his theory and his practice was not adapted into a lot of areas because they thought that this was just some guy talking out of his ass. Now, now the middle ages have started and this is where faith and spirituality started to play a role in the hysteria illness journey. And there are two female doctors that say different things regarding the hysteria illness. One doctor said that a sedative will calm her down, and another one said, check this, it is a soul illness where evil enters your body and there is no cure. 
So basically, the devil or demons made you a bitch, and that's it, sis. There's no oh. cure. You just you just got to deal with it. Wow. So during this time. She sounds educated. The witch was born. Right. Ah, yeah. okay. That makes sense. Yes. So uh, preachers of this era would talk about wizards and necromancers while reading the Old Testament. Other clergy members would push celibacy in the church. And soon all of this stuff spread to England. Now, if the illness cannot be identified by a doctor, it is considered to be procured by the devil himself. And by the end of the 1600s, they start accusing women of being witches. I think you know where I'm going with this. I just might. Remember that little thing called the Salem Witch Trials? Oh, yes. This is where it started. They had hysteria. They deemed them hysterical. I didn't know that. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I can't believe that this actually plays a part in that whole that whole Salem witch trials debacle, I guess you would say. Yep. Yep. And like a lot of the different things that um, played into it, like with well, it's all again, it all has to do with like the church. At that time, you know what I mean? Like keep the devil Mm -hmm. out. And there was lots of things that they deemed, you know, devilish, like uh, the women flocking in in groups uh, was a big thing or going into like the woods together. Just why are all these women gathering together? They're not supposed to be doing that. They're talking They're You know, they're discussing things. They're starting a coup. We can't have this. You know what I mean? It's I mean, there's a whole lot of really interesting things that go into it of why they were deemed witches. Yeah, and they, um, their symptoms, their symptoms of witch hysteria, staring eyes, raucous noises, uncontrolled jumps, and sudden movements. They're basically forming a chant circle or whatever. They have like a little club and they're doing like initiations and stuff, and people weren't having it. They just, oh no, they're witches. They're going to put a hex on you and all this other crazy shit. So, we are going to do a Patreon episode on the Salem Witch Trials because it was so interesting. And I really, I, I'm really intrigued by how it all started. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can't wait to deep dive into them because there is so much there. It's really, really interesting. Yes. So this happens for a while. Uh, but this is where, and get this, this is even more wacky than moving uteruses and wild and crazy orgies and all this other stuff. This is where a hypnosis and animal magnetism starts. Animal magnetism. Okay. Dude, I'm intrigued. Yeah. So, what is this? Yes. Or scared. So Maybe wacky, I'm scared. I don't know. <laughs> I'm some sort of way. This wacky dude by the name of Franz Mesmer thought that he ha- had some sort of magical powers to cure hysteria, right? Basically, his animal magnetism in his body, his ma- animal magnetism energy would flow through his fingers and connect with another person's animal magnetism and pull the illness right out of the body. Now, if that doesn't sound like witchcraft to you, I don't know what does, because that sounds like some straight up bullshit. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animal magnetism. Right. I feel like I've heard of that um, just told in a different way, and it has to do something with, do you happen to know when his birthday was? 
Mm-mm, no, I don't. Because it sounds like some Capricorn bullshit. Uh, honestly, it really does. <laughs> so uh, we'll get back on that. And I'll, I'll comment after I uh, search in after this episode and kind of see when that uh, festival of a man <laughs> was born. But that sounds like some Capricorn uh, shit right there. Yeah, so... There was actually there was actually parties that people would go to called the Mesmer Experience. So there here's another experience. I was gonna say I love all these and experiences. I know we missed out, dude. We missed out. Obviously. So they would put their hands on lightly electrified rods designed to pull the hysteria right out of the body and cure the disease. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, my. Mild electric shock therapy. So just keep that in mind. Just, just keep that in mind. There was there was also a myth or a rumor or some sort of a, I don't know what you want to say, legend that hysteria was cured by vibrators. Mm. I have heard that. <laughs> I have heard that. There is no truth to that. Someone uh, had written a book and gently propose the idea that um that vibrators would cure the disease or the illness for the woman and there was just actually not really any truth to that but but i did see um they had midwives cure the patient by light finger massages if you catch yep, my I, drift i've read about that too <laughs> yeah which I don't think that that's entirely false, but uh, eventually in the 19th century, they just thought a bitch was crazy and they sent her to an institution. Uh, you have a hysteria, my dear. Uh, let's let's just ship you off to get some treatment. So they would they would put her in a psychiatric facility or an institution the mind is out of sorts and they require bed rest, electroshock therapy, Women would actually carry smelling salts if they they felt themselves getting worked up a little bit, so they would smell it and calm down, so they didn't have to be put in an institution to get better. So this is like the time when they're just basically like, "Cheer up, bitch! You know, figure it out." <laughs> right? Or you're about you're, to. You're out. Of- yeah, you're out of sorts. You're about to have some electrodes, you know, shot through your uh, general nervous system. Right. I mean, nowadays it's been disbanded completely as a diagnosis for anything. If you're hysterical, you're just, you're just upset about something. But uh, there were links to multiple personality disorders, epilepsy, um, and now even men were diagnosed with this in World War One as, um, and they, they didn't call it hysteria, they called it shell shock. A, a lot of people have heard of that. So it's it's just not a female thing anymore. And this was in the early 1900s. So it had progressed from a female illness into a full-blown, like, someone's panicking and freaking out. And it was more of a mental, a mental thing. So shell shock, isn't that kind of like PTSD type of thing? Yes. Yes. Interesting. So, yeah. So there was a lot of, like multiple personality disorder, um, links, PTSD. There was links to obviously epilepsy and seizure activity and stuff like that. But 
it took so long for them to realize that one, hysteria is not an actual illness. It's just someone suffering some sort of mental disability, whether it would just be a panic attack or some sort of anxiety attack or PMS. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Caused by trauma or you're just on one. I mean, (laughs) right. Um, Another thing, uh, speaking of men, um, we'll just jump into some of the research that I found. You know, you were talking about like the early 1900s. So in 1889, not too far before that, um, there was a German psychiatrist who he was really big on like electrifying his audience and doing a lot of hypnosis, um, trying to get the hysteria out of a certain uh, group of men. So he, he was not, he wasn't all about the women. He was like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. He's like, eh, I'm not going to, you know, put an umbrella over all men. He goes, I'm going to go after the gay men because this is, you know, women are nothing anymore. Like we, this is, here's the big problem. Here's the root of all the evil. Um, and this is called, yeah. So, um, this is known as like homo hysteria, which is the fear of being thought of as a homosexual. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, <sighs> he, Mr. Albert von Schrenk Notzik was not having it. He thought that the way that you cured not with a name like that. No, absolutely not. Um, but <laughs> he means business. Absolutely, he means something. Um, so what he thought that would fix this hysteria is um, he manipulated the the male like sexual impulses um, that they were having. Basically, you know. They're popping a semi, you know, uh, for something that is homosexual. And he decides to use conversion therapy, which is uh, shock shock therapy, basically. But it's um, at a little higher, like, electrode level than what they used on women. Mm -hmm. But he would shock them as they found, you know, they got aroused from these situations. And then he would take the shocks away and then show them things that he, quote unquote, should be aroused to that had to do with women. And so they would mentally start to connect, you know, it it was kind of like, what is it? Pavlov's theory with the dogs. Isn't it? Wasn't Pavlov where, you know, he'd ring, they'd ring the bell and feed the dogs. So they would associate with ringing the bell with they're getting ready to get fed. Yeah. So it's kind of that, but just reversed. Um, and actually, um, if there's any um, American Horror Story fans out there, the uh, Asylum chapter of it, they actually did do this conversion therapy in that series, that part of the series, um, with where, hmm. uh, yeah, Sarah Paulson, where she uh, was a lesbian in it, and they did that this type of thing towards her. I guess. I think it was like in like second or third episode, something like that. But anyways, yeah. um, But most of the time it was done with uh, with males rather than females. Um, And then in the 20s, (laughs) in the 20s, it got real crazy because they're finding out, you know, this this shock and conversion therapy is just not working out real well. Um, We're just going to go ahead and castrate them. We're just going to, you know, take off those parts that were... um, they were obvi- it was obviously their their male parts that were that held these um homoerotic tendencies so we're just going to head and remove those and then we're going <laughs> to implant ones that are um heterosexual and the heterosexual parts they castrated from willing donors 
um, that oh were my God. connected to uh, the church. <laughs> so it all had to deal with, I don't want to go into too much religious stuff, but it all um, is very religious connected. Um, oh my God. Uh, yeah. You know, and, they, and this Notzig thought, this is, this is how we're going to fix this. Um, well then, uh, Just, they're not, they're not getting new spark plugs. What the? Right. <laughs> get, get, getting a, a, some tires changed, getting some new shoes on a, you know, Ooh, right. Yikes. Let's get this guy a fresh oil change. He'll be good yeah. to go. <laughs> right. Oh um, God. so after that, you know, Freud, everybody knows Sigmund Freud. Um, he decided to call this guy on his bullshit basically. Um, and he, with his studies, he, came across you know he's like i believe that everybody's bisexual they're born bisexual and that um like the homosexual uh whatever what he called it lifestyle choice but we all know it's not a choice but he um for for lack of better terms i'm just going to speak to it as he spoke about it uh he said you know the homosexual choice is because of conditioning so in a nature versus nurture it's all nurture so uh, he also did do his studies with some of like the electroconvulsive therapy and with, you know, the shocks to the brain with like heterosexual porn. But he found that there was that that was just causing more harm than good. And he completely said, you know, I'm taking this out of the whole the whole mess because it's not it's not working. He goes, everybody is everybody is uh, bisexual. And depending on how you live your life, that's how it's going to sway one way or another. Um but right. he said, you know, this isn't a hysterical thing. Like we, we need to not, we need to walk away from that. Um, so after his findings, the, uh, the terms were actually accepted by the American Psychiatric Association to be considered a disorder, uh, which it, it's, it's not a disorder, but it, it got taken away from being hysterics to an actual disorder, um, which actually they fought very, very hard to get that pulled out of the American, what is it? Psychiatric uh, whatever their guidebook is. I can't remember what it is. I want, I want to say it's a DS four maybe, but I can't remember. Um, but regardless, regardless, uh, so after that, you know, you, it still is highly connected to the church. And then that is when like in the early sixties, uh, they started having like conversion camps and like, like conversion therapy. Yeah, so that's when they brought those into the mix, and it's where, you know, you, people could send their young children to pray the gay away. And there is countless books and uh, movies um, that talk about that type of thing. And, though I mean, those were really, really disgusting, and I don't want to get into any of those, but it, it was a terrible, terrible thing. So it's really crazy how far that we've come from considering yeah this type of stuff to be hysterical behavior than to being, you know, a disorder. And it's just, it's been a long road for sure. It has been a very long road. And it's, it's interesting to me to see the ride that hysteria had taken over the centuries and centuries of just trying to figure out the human body and mind in general. This is, this is a whole this is a whole ass journey. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and they they go from your uterus is just, you know, taking a trip on Route 66 to, you know, uh you have a sad ass uterus and you need you need to get some to, 
you need electroshock therapy and some wacky ass dude with animal magnetism. I mean, it's gone way. So we're just going to go ahead and remove your testicles because they're, you know, it's yeah. And, and it all comes back to like now, like, this is why I think one of the reasons, um, which there's many of why I think like mental health is so important, like whether it be with yourself or with, you know, your loved ones, whatever, or a friend or anybody, somebody, you know, on Facebook, whatever they're, if they're screaming out for help with their mental health, you, I mean, do what you can to, you know, you don't have to go out and try and help everybody, but if somebody's screaming for help and you have the ability and the will to want to help them, please help them because we're, we're still all figuring this out. And it's great to see like, the strides that we've made into feeling more comfortable to talk about these things because, you know, for so many, many, many moons, it was considered to be hysterical to have any type of slip in your mental health, you know, or, or to have PMS or to have, you know what I mean? But I mean, the feelings are there and they're valid and everybody goes through them. No, exactly. Exactly. And if you know somebody whose uterus is, taking a joy ride throughout the body, you know, get, get some smelling salts and get some lavender and see what happens. I mean, that's right. what they did. Right. That's <laughs> so wild. So wild to me. So like we were talking about with the March madness, uh, the next hoop we're going to jump through is, uh, the satanic panic. Uh, this is something that went on from the sixties onto early nineties. And it is a ride. Uh, we have multiple different outlets we're going to talk about with that. I'm excited to get into a few. Um, Some things, you know, people our generation might remember, some things you might not. Um, Either way, it's uh, it's going to be a really fun segue. Yeah, very, very interesting topic. And, you know, as millennials, we were kids when this was going on. So a lot of the stuff that people were freaking out about or the things that were being covered on the news, we didn't follow. But some of our listeners may know exactly what we're talking about here, from true crime cases to abuse cases to music, and it just goes on and on, and it's very interesting. And to some games, there, there's games in there. Yes, we're just going to keep the madness rolling all March, all, all the of March. March. That is the history of hysteria. It was a wild ride. I can't believe that. It took that long to realize that sometimes you just fly off the handle. <laughs> right. And if you want to follow us, we have a Facebook and Instagram, facebook.com slash dramatic illusion podcast, Instagram.com slash the dramatic illusion podcast. Uh, we post teasers, we post pictures, we post trailers, we post polls. We post a whole bunch of stuff. Why don't you go over there? Give us a like. Give us a follow. Join in the conversation. Send us a message on Facebook. Send us a message on Instagram. We'd be more than happy to talk to you guys. We have a email, dramaticillusionpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your listener stories. Send us some stories. We would love to do a listener episode. You know, send us stories about your mom freaking out about doing the dishes or some other crazy story that you might have that, you know, we, we would just love to read them and get to know you guys, maybe on a personal level. We also started our Patreon. 
Yay. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Dramatic Illusion Podcast. We're just starting. Don't you judge us. We got a couple of things on there. It's not really blossomed into a whole thing, but we're getting there. We're getting there. There's different tiers. You could take a look. It's a subscription. If you feel so inclined, you can sign up for that. You get exclusive content, different types of episodes. We might be doing, you know, have some things in the works in the future. We'll definitely give you some teasers on our Facebook page about that. Also, we have a PayPal, paypal.me slash Dramatic Illusion Pod. That's for one-time donations. If you want, if you want to support us a little bit, give us some extra dough so we can improve and blossom into a full-blown podcast mogul, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> no, just just a little something-something. Maybe keep our lights on. Yeah, keep the lights on for sure. Um, right. Buy me if, some snacks. I love ooh, snacks. Love snacks. I'll, I'll, I'm always <laughs> here for snacks all day. For sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, at the very least, uh, like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Um, Leave us a comment in the comment section. It's not for our ego. It's just to help boost us up the algorithm. Um, We can't thank enough all the all the fans that we have so far. It's it's really growing and it's really exciting to see, you know, where we've started and and how, you know, where our new listeners are coming from. So we really, really appreciate everybody that's um, subscribing to our episodes. Keep that ball rolling. Help us out for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you donate or if you subscribe on the Patreon, we're going to shout you out. We're going to shout you out. Doesn't matter what your name is. We're going to shout you out. And with that being said, don't forget to be original. Stay dramatic. And as always, we'll We'll see see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Who's feeling hysterical? I know uh, we were cracking up laughing doing that episode, and I hope that you really enjoyed it. Uh, You know, tag us on socials if you feel like you are a little hysterical or you got a wandering uterus. (laughs) But, you know, we'll keep it classy. We'll keep it simple. And we'll see you next Tuesday.